0: Think.
1: And, and, and the video You already switched on oh, Okay, alright, that was one, good I uh, <laughs> shaved and got dressed up for this so. <laughs> Yeah, you should have mate what, what, what happened with the effort? I thought
0: I had my radio face on
1: Hello and welcome to an episode of Work in Progress A podcast that is all about providing value uh, To our audience uh, Be it in the professional sector or personal life uh, I'm your host Archam and I'm excited to be here. Uh, today we have the pleasure to welcome my good friend VJ. We've done some business in the past, uh, and you, you know, all around an awesome guy. Uh, so I'm, um, <laughs> I'm happy to see you. It's been a while, you know. Uh, we don't keep in touch enough. Uh, has, that's unfortunate, yeah. but we should definitely change that, eh? Mm,
0: yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> How are things with you? Yeah, very well, thank you. You know, getting used to life in the in the pandemic world, if you like. So uh, yeah, yeah cool. adjusting and. Uh, and uh, you know, excited to take on some new projects.
1: Yeah, yeah, good, good. All right, perfect. All right, let's dive into it. So, uh, let's talk about the previous experience you had with uh, you know, uh, planning a project and actually carrying it out. So, yeah. that was a, a large refurbishment,
0: right? Yeah, it was. And I guess it all came about when we, when my wife and I got married, we, we basically bought our first family home. So, it was around 2015, I think, what seemed to be kind of the peak of the London housing market. So, we really Kind of stretched ourselves to be able to get onto the property ladder but i think having kind of stretched ourselves we didn't get um we got the property we want in terms of kind of the bones and of the house and you know the, the type of house semi-detached etc but the internals were very much dated um you know ideally we would like to buy a place that was like finished to the standard we want it to be but you know the budget didn't allow so we knew mm. we had to kind of sit back kind of save up some more money and then take on a, a mini project is what i would call call this one um mm. because what we wanted to do was really overhaul the house kind of bring make it almost in like into a new house inside um and keeping like you know the uh, some of the the the, the features that the, that the house had when we bought it as well mm-hmm. um so i think once we uh once we kind of had a look through some of some you know magazines and instagram and that kind of stuff my wife's very much into that so i'll take the lead on that and uh decided what we wanted to do kind of in terms of the, the bigger things as well obviously so in fact the 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 refurb actually started with us initially just wanting to update our bathroom and remove a couple of chimney breasts which we thought would be quite easy and hmm. just kind of paint the house and it'll look great right unfortunately that wasn't really the case because so, when we when we went to get a bathroom quote we started t- getting into details and talking about lighting and uh you know some some obvious questions were asked by uh, by some of the workmen that were coming to give us quotes like you know what's the status of your of your electrics in the house and when we take a deeper look into that it turns out that we had a very old fuse board the recommendation was to rewire so all of a sudden it's a bathroom but also a rewire with a rewire you know comes Pretty much plastering, plastering as well, and decorating oh. and everything else. Yeah. It's so just then like
1: one one thing pulls another,
0: right? Exactly. So plastering, great, but before we can plaster, we will have to strip all the wallpaper, somewhere, you know, and lots of other things. Then and then, you know, it was obviously going to be damaged when we want to do the chimney breast work as well. Yeah. So with all of a sudden, we have the new bathroom, electrics, chimney breast, replaster, obviously then painting and decorating following that. Hmm. So it sounds like the budget
1: went out the window on day one, pretty Absolutely. much, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it did. It it's really insane. did.
0: Yeah, and I think the budget, the initial budget we had in mind went out the window, but when we understood kind of the scope of the work, the scale of the work, we kind of had to reassess, we had to kind of delay what we were doing because we wanted to make sure, obviously, that we don't we don't stretch ourselves and run out of money kind of halfway mm-hmm. as well. We want to make sure we complete. Um, so I think we then kind of reset and thought, right, how? what's the most efficient way of creating? Of, of going about this refurb essentially so if we're doing you know x y and z should we what else what else should we do at the same mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. so we took the opportunity to for example move some radiators around the house as well as you know the you know because everything was going to be replastered as well um we thought you know so introduce some new skirting new flooring obviously with the rewiring with wall, we did the lighting mm-hmm. as well so we went for new down lights um
1: where did you get the inspiration for that? Did you like do a lot of research and stuff? Was um, it your wife?
0: Mostly my wife. I <laughs> <have to> <laughs> <say>. <laughs> she's resourceful, is she? She is. She's um, a hobbyist interior designer, so she Wonderful. kind of follows. Um, Works well, well with you then. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, she likes to, to, to kind of take to uh, to Pinterest and Instagram and d- and just see what kind of what's going on. And she likes a classic classic contemporary look. Not sure exactly what that means, but. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um that's what that that's kind of look that we go for so she was kind of driving the the the, the overall finishes and design while i was kind of trying to m- kind of manage kind of the the, the 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 bigger scale of work you know mm-hmm. demolishing things and yeah. <laughs> that kind like
1: of who thing. was in charge of dealing with the contractors and uh, like finances and things like that
0: so c- contractors and finances was was down to me um mainly to to, to manage um so um How that did was I it wasn't it was it was <sighs> it was tricky to be honest we we began by t- trying to obviously identify a contractor to, to help us do the work um and being new to the area we didn't know kind of you know who to who to go to any with no recommendations yeah. so i think we went around um just inviting some contractors to quote through um through checker trade um Sorry. so uh we got a got a got about i think around five quotes at the time um and i think You could tell immediately from um from from the quotation process almost which contractors you were most likely to go with with you know versus the ones you weren't you know in terms of some contractors would wouldn't turn up to appointments some would be very late Hmm. then the quotes that would follow wouldn't be particularly detailed wouldn't be broken down um so i think um and then obviously communication as well um it's obviously very important to be able to kind of Communicate throughout the project with your, with your, with whoever's project managing the the, the project, um, just to talk about a lot of the details. And I think some s- English wasn't a lot, of peop- a lot of people's first language, and that's obviously the case living in London. Yeah, but through um, the cultural, <laughs> the cultural mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, thing, and obviously about being in London. But um, it, it c- there were some contracts where it got to a stage where it was very, very difficult to communicate mm. what we wanted and. Um, and th- and then that was you know that was also one of the deciding points as well. Obviously, price comes into it as well, but um, mm. it wasn't price wasn't the only thing kind of driving the decision. We wanted to make sure that we could get someone that we could work with who was really clear um, on on when they would do things, how they would do things, etc. Yeah. so, so um, it'd be
1: like diligence, quality, ability to communicate. And obviously, yeah. the price, price, always, you know, yeah. If someone's completely sky high, uh oh, the budget is like, you know, there's there's pretty much no point into even going into a discussion, correct?
0: Yeah, that, that that's that's absolutely right. Exactly. So that was very easy, kind of to, yeah. to to negate some some contractors based on all those things that we've just, dis- yeah. That we've just discussed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: It's good. And in terms of um, uh, fi- finances and and how you you dealt with it, um, what was it uh, sort of pre-agreed? Uh, was it like your terms or was it their terms? Um, how did you find you know dealing with that?
0: So t- um, t- to be honest, the the pricing was um, was was agreed in advance. It was obviously it was with yourself, of mm, course. Mm, so mm. Um, it was it was and and it was really clear. I think the way kind of every aspect that we kind of that I just talked through that we did in terms of chimney breast removal, mm-hmm. or rewiring, replastering, every part of the job was broken down line by line, had a costing for each room. So it was really kind of transparent, kind of what, what you know, what we we're paying for and why we we're kind of, yeah, exactly what we we're paying for and the amount we we're paying for for each, each bit. Um, and... And we really liked that because we kind of put it together a kind of a wish list of what we wanted. And because we got that really clear breakdown, we were able to kind of like cross out things that were making us kind of go over budget very easily. Mm. Um, and once we kind of agreed the kind of the final final scope um, based on the prices we were given, um, we had to obviously agree kind of a payment structure. And to be honest, um, you asked me if it was on kind of the terms that i wanted to be honest i didn't really know what the terms would be because oh. i've never done never gone about it such a project
1: very confusing right
0: exactly but i think what was proposed kind of made logical sense staged payments um you know clear deliverables per stage as well that was really important so um i think we we didn't even we didn't pay anything on day one at all we we waited obviously for for the first stage of work to be done we could see you know visibly that something's been had done and yeah. then we would then we would make the payments and that's kind of how we proceeded um, and what I really liked was we didn't make the the, the final pay the final balance until we we're absolutely obviously happy that everything had been done properly mm-hmm. um, and what I was really to be honest what I was really impressed with is that the kind of the aftercare service if you like about about getting all the snags and little things kind of little you know kind of bits of uh, flooring maybe filled in and that mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. stuff. We had the opportunity to really go around kind of tooth and nail and work out what's missing um, and that was all kind of done for us and when we were completely happy under no pressure at all that at that point did we make the final payment so that's why I think it was a good process obviously once we, hmm. once we decided. Sounds like a good process yeah? <laughs> it that's does good. indeed It's <laughs> <laughs> good, that's good. Uh,
1: Yeah, can't, can't say nothing about the contractor for sure right? <laughs> Uh, after that experience, did you like research, or maybe like na- obviously nowadays you're planning a much bigger project and it's you know more costly and everything else? Have you researched like other contracts? Do you consider having a uh, sort of other type of documentation in place this time, or, or would you be happy, for example, if a contractor sort of done the same kind of uh, stage payment break- breakdown uh, for you to sort of follow and then sort of you know get the job done that way?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't. Th- I, I think the, the, it, the new projects we're going to be taking on are slightly larger. However, based on what we what we did in the past and how things worked, I, I, I was really happy with, with with the way the the work was laid out. You know, the payment stages were, mm-hmm. were made up. So I'd be hap- absolutely happy to follow the, uh, the the kind of the same ways of working.
1: Okay. Yeah, because obviously nowadays you have the more strict, more legal documents like JCT and REBA. Uh, they're like standard contracts that people can buy online um, if, if they're not happy with the contractor's um, okay. documents because right. essentially these kind of contracts they're all for the customer they're, they're, they're still being reasonably uh, fair to the contractor but it's most of the contracts are towards uh, or favoring uh, the customer so it, they are good contracts um, and you can actually add the stage but it, it, I mean you can add and, and remove and, and do whatever you want to do um, it's just um, if you're in doubt and you, and you don't know what you're really getting yourself into it's probably a good thing you know like for, for maybe a friend of yours or mm. a colleague you know when they are gonna uh, approach you and say "Vijay, like how, how should I do this you know sure. so obviously you, you can do the same way as you've done your first project or you can you know always recommend and say okay well this is, this is th- these guys are looking after homeowners mm-hmm. uh, you know the end user and you know these contracts can be definitely uh, considered so we, we found them um, useful okay. there, there's all types of um, contracts of JCT they can be minor works intermediate works intermediate works with design uh, and and the rest of a rebus sort of similar so um, the bigger the project the the more clauses and the, the bigger and the fatter is the contract mm-hmm. and there could be like 60 pages of just you know legal jargon right okay. so it, it, it's it's not really for uh homeowners to administer so it has to be a quantity surveyor or surveyor or project manager so Mm -hmm. it's 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 probably projects that are like above half a million at least right so we're like um you know the from from past experiences you know if if a job is substantial people tend to go for more legal ways of tying everything up you know with you know with program of works and, and everything else so that you know if if the contractor misses yeah deadlines then they, they get sort of you know punished later
0: okay right
1: so i mean it's it, it's a good way to um handle uh, the legality of the project right if you're not sure so you know yeah dev-
0: to be honest I've, I've never heard of the these these contracts before but i've obviously not been involved in any many projects recently so um yeah. i'll t- definitely have to take a take a look into that but um hmm. from a i guess a simplicity point of view i was quite happy with the with the ways of working previously um so um yeah yeah I like I'm a fan of spreadsheets so it's easy for me to digest that <laughs> work okay uh, so the, the other thing uh, I want to talk to you about is
1: um, the, the finances and how did you sort of find um, just, just paying the, the, the big amount of money how, like was it stressful you know just transferring money or like uh, just dealing with that kind of thing because obviously when you buy a house that's probably your biggest purchase of your life yeah. and obviously doing construction work to the house yeah. is the second biggest expense that you will ever have
0: sure I think um, the stress with the finances g- probably came up front before we even went out to tender for 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 the contractor because we we I guess we're, we like to think of think, think of us as fairly sensible in that respect. Mm-hmm. So we we did a, lo- a lot of budgeting in advance, kind of getting into to some of the details to really understand what what this kind of project would cost. And only when we had the finances in place did we then um, you know go out for quotes and uh, and then and then start the work so there wasn't any stress in terms of that the, the finances and kind of handing over money because of the way that the payments were staged and we could visibly see that things were getting done we were confident when we were handing over a, one stage of payment that we that we we could see what we were paying for mm-hmm. so there wasn't really any stress and that obviously comes down to the way that we had um we had everything written down, um, so we, it's just clear. You know, it's everybody is aligned and clear on on on, uh, on how we were kind of working and what we were paying for.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you had that kind of experience because obviously, you know, a lot of customers uh, struggle. Yeah, and uh, sometimes they struggle because, you know, the contractor is, is not doing what they're supposed to do, or the the customers don't know how to act in certain situations. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad you didn't have any issues <laughs> and you yeah. know that well that went well. Um, was there anything like anything that comes to mind maybe like uh, even something small that the contractor could have done better like so that the job would go smoother in any way or are you like so happy that there's nothing to
0: say <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think there were there were a couple of things um, we uh, we weren't sure about um and to be honest, we didn't even ask the question, um, uh, but w- it, we weren't sure about our lighting and the positioning of, the, our, mm-hmm. of our down lighting. Um, and I think we were just we, we just kind of decided on the day, kind of when the contractor was in, where should we place our lighting? And we're right. not having any experience of where lighting goes, we just kind of went with a simple kind of you know s- centered to the center to the room kind of yep. lighting structure, like yep. a grid. Um, and then I guess having taken taken time and lived in the property now. Um, we, we we've, we've kind of seen through through research that now, cause nowadays people kind of put LED lighting slightly off center and to the, to the edge to kind of depending on what they're trying to light up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe a bit more thought behind the lighting. It would have been great, you know, if there was kind of some ex- experience around that from that that the contractor obviously could have maybe shared shared with us from mm-hmm. previous projects. You know, so this a is a general advice, just right? Just general yeah. b- or general yeah. advice, maybe to guide us in the in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, going back to lighting, actually, we weren't sure about some some small things, which are really personal preference. But we should sure go for cool lighting, warm lighting. So actually, once we had our lighting put in, we had cool lighting all the way through the house, and then we've just we've actually gone and changed all the bulbs to warm lighting because so we figured oh, really? that's what we like. That's um, but that's personal preference, of course. Yeah, but yeah. things, maybe some questions that you know the contractor should ask the client. You know have you thought this through, or mm-hmm. you know have you thought about what color lighting you like, or sure. That kind of stuff. Yeah, I agree. Um, I,
1: I think I think it is important, and obviously, you know, the contractors are supposed to be the specialists, so they should have all the advice, and and then they should yeah. communicate that to the customer yeah. as much as they can. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. you know, some customers won't listen at all, but at least you give them the opportunity to take the advice on board, and then if they decide otherwise, then they can always say, well, you know, we we try our best. We've given you the option; you've chosen uh, you've chosen the different option. You know, yeah, it is what it is, kind of thing. You know.
0: Yeah, I think be, I mean that that's that was a minor issue. Um, the, the biggest issue, though, mm-hmm. that we had yeah. was um, our contractor stole my wife's beloved. Didn't lost my wife's beloved coffee teaspoons. Oh no, <laughs> That's terrible. However, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Um, but uh, it, <laughs> they were replaced. <laughs> um, Thank God. Thank God. But yeah, just uh, watch out for your cutlery drinks. Oh, yeah, cutlery. <laughs>
1: cutlery. Cool. All right. Um, I was about to ask you uh, uh, another question, but I don't know if it's really relevant. Um, was there like a big failure on your part that you could have sort of, you know, if you had a a, a chance to sort of rewind and do it over again, would you do it somehow differently?
0: <laughs> uh, there was one failure actually on our part, and uh, <laughs> it wasn't spoons <laughs> uh, related. It wasn't cut related at all. It was actually. Um, probably not following our contractor's advice. Um, And you asked me if I could rewind and do it again. I have rewound and done it again. So essentially there was a a wall separating our dining and living room. Mm -hmm. And at the time our contractor was saying, are you sure you don't want to remove this wall? It would look a lot better if Mm -hmm. you have an open plan. That's kind of what people are going for these days. You'll be able to utilize the space a lot better. Both Mm -hmm. rooms will feel bigger. And I think we were adamant at the time just to keep them separate. I can't remember what the reasons were in Mm -hmm. our mind. I think yeah sorry the reason was that we knew in the future that we'll be doing a, an extension and we would like to have that separation um then but obviously we had to kind of live in the house for the next kind of five or six mm-hmm. years at least and very kind of quickly within to kind of six seven months we thought why didn't we remove the wall this would have been a lot better Adam was telling us to remove the wall we didn't listen so mm-hmm. you'll obviously remember we came back and uh and got that done <laughs> in <laughs> the end. So uh, that was kind of round two of obviously a bit smaller job, um, but we had, uh, had had kind of the, the wall between our dining and living room removed just to give us that that, that open feel for the house.
1: Yeah, I, I guess the main downside is that obviously if you complete the house uh, beforehand and then you decide to do that kind of work, and especially because there's a lot of structural stuff, right. steels and pad foundation and all that stuff, you have to obviously, it's just, it's just more expensive than it it would have been initially it'd be probably half the the cost unfortunately
0: exactly because it involved kind of replastering some pieces obviously taking up the whole flooring between Mm. the two rooms so there was like you say yeah a lot lot more involved
1: yeah then again i wouldn't say that's a failure i I think it was just a personal personal preference back then i mean you know i don't think you've made a mistake as such because like I, i think you just had to try and see you know what works for you and it was like it was a nice living room as well like you know you can sit down watch tv chill out and it it was completely separate from the dining room yeah so in a way it's a good thing um a lot of times people attempt to just put like doors some sort of doors in between you know whether the bifolding doors of some sort or just double french doors um that sort of does the same it it does the job but you can still see through yeah i mean you can put uh, frosted uh, glazing but it's not really um, Worth it? Then, like, why are yeah. you doing that? Yeah. You know. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah pe- people are different. You know, some people love to close those walls. Others like to open them. Sometimes they they open and close them, or close them and open them. And, and like, you know, I, th- I think it depends on like um, on, on your family situation as well. Yeah. Whether you have kids, whether right. you plan to have kids, whether you're going to have extra pets or whatever.
0: You know. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So, so um, life changes. Well, yeah. So you have to we... roll with the
1: punches. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you can't complain.
0: We're talking about introducing some doors now (laughs) to separate that within our new project, potentially, potentially. So we Uh, are, yeah. That is one one part of the project we've continuously been confused on, as you can see. So Mm. (laughs)
1: okay, well, let's talk about the new project then. Mm. And I guess the the doors into the living room will be
0: part of them. Exactly. Yeah. So well, yeah. Let me. So let me talk you through what we're, what we're thinking at least anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, this is going to be the, the project, uh, quite a substantial one for us at least. Um, we I guess we, we, you know when we bought the house, one of the drawbacks of the house was that it had a kind of very small, narrow galley kitchen. And my wife is kind of really into cooking. She mm. loves spending time in the kitchen. And it's, it's, like I say, it's small. It's not a particularly sociable space. Kitchen is obviously kind of the heart of the home. And you know, lot, lots of kind of the modern homes have open kitchen, living, kind of dining, all that kind of stuff. To mm-hmm. uh, and so we really, really, wa- really want to have that. So um, we are planning a uh, four-meter kind of rear extension to our property um, that will allow us to have that 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 open-plan kitchen, um, uh, kind of with a with a living room, kind of looking onto a, a second kind of mm-hmm. informal living room. Um, and then we can keep our existing dining and formal living room as it is. Um, so that's that's kind of the one part of the project. Uh, we also in our in our house don't have a, a, a downstairs uh, toilet at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to co- going to incorporate that as part of the uh, the extension. Uh, add on a utility room, um, and I guess you know coming back to um, our our initial experiences, we're now trying to see what else we should do whilst we've got the builders in. So we're we're just trying to, we're we're doing a bit of kind of blue sky thinking at the moment. So at the same time, we're going to extend to the side to allow us to introduce that that utility room and and, double downstairs WC, but also convert our garage uh, into a usable room. Mm -hmm. Um, Our garage is currently, it's it's, it's quite... um, unused i guess it's not used for what it was designed for for storing cars it's a you know old property the garage is quite small you can't really fit a modern mm-hmm. car in there yeah. uh, so we might as well convert it into a into a usable usable space we don't know what we're going to do with it it can be a kind of study a bedroom a gym what we t- but it might it be an office since the second lockdown office. is
1: maybe around the corner
0: yeah yeah and, mm. and that's you're actually right that's probably most likely what it's going to mm. be but i think having a flexible space where we can basically use it for anything would be would be good so i think that that kind of covers off what we want to do on the ground floor um we also want to um when we do the four meter extension we're going to destroy our garden <laughs> in the process i think you so sure uh will. yeah so i think we're, we're thinking of obviously landscaping our garden at the same time as well mm-hmm. uh because obviously the, the dream is to have what you've people have probably seen in magazines when they've been from from extensions is to have like set of bifold doors going all the way across the property looking out onto a beautiful garden mm. which is lit up you know nicely at night as well so um, that's, what we're, that's what we're aiming for um, and that yeah like I say that probably covers everything we're doing on the ground floor
1: and what's the idea with the, the patio so obviously there'll be some sort of patio outside so are you, are you planning to have like one line throughout like a lot of people tend to do that you know they have uh, for example if they're tiling internally and then they have some sort of slabs or tiles outside they, they they try to match them. So when you open the doors, it's just like continuous yeah. path. Yeah, Which looks pretty cool. Yeah.
0: That's that's an idea I did. we re- recently came across when we kind of been researching kitchens. One of the kitchen mm. designers kind of uh, kind of was pushing us towards that to almost have continuous flooring, like you say, from mm. the the kitchen slash living area out. Mm. So mm. it you know both areas feel m- more expansive essentially. Yeah so yes in uh in short, that is what we are, what we're aiming to do um okay. um and yeah, we're kind of working on those designs as we as we speak
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no no sort of um outhouse of any type at the back of the garden
0: yeah, that's a good good, good question actually, so we'll be losing obviously the storage space we have in the garage once we convert um convert that into a room, so we're gonna have to better utilize the existing shed we have mm. in um in the garden so um there's there's not going to be a, a new outhouse the garden is, is is small as it is and is going to be decreasing in size obviously with mm-hmm. the uh, with the extension so we need to kind of make sure that we i guess first of all kind of cut back on the things that we don't need we do we're all guilty of kind of um of, of hoarding <laughs> stuff in our in our in our garages yeah, and everyone sheds. is guilty of that um so we're gonna have a big clean out and see kind of exactly what we what we need to keep the essentials like a lawnmower and mm-hmm. you know gardening tools yeah. and whatnot garden yeah. furniture Ra- Raquel
1: was moving recently and uh <laughs> she, she was complaining that she had, she had so much stuff that she didn't even realize that she had so much yeah but i think it's every time you move it's the same thing you know it's that's like, right i didn't buy all this stuff like yeah. whose is it it's like it, it, it's the same thing in my house right now. I, th- I think I can easily just put loads of stuff together and sell it on on eBay for like five grand. Cause like literally, there's so much you know things do you accumulate that you know at some wh- when you buy it, it's like oh yeah I need it and then yeah. like a year later well I don't care like a oh. like a GoPro come on yeah. who needs GoPro nowadays? Oh I, bu- I bought it i stuck it to my helmet you know when skiing i thought oh this is amazing never watched the videos and just put the gopro for like 14 pounds back into the drawer never used it again
0: yeah yeah Do i'm gonna a- buy a gopro by the way uh, no, thank you. However, <laughs> I have mine items to sell from my shed, so I like to hoard uh, broken um, broken tools. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, That's a weird one. Yeah, uh, so I've got uh, not tools. Maybe I've got a broken pressure washer, which I've always thought, you know, it's broken, but I'm going to fix it one day. So I'm not going to really? throw it away. So I've got all sorts of old garden strimmers and lawn mowers i'm, I'm, and things. I'm like that a little bit yeah. but not not to that degree you have a problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um yeah so those are the things that um i'll need to get rid of and be able right. to better utilize that that outdoor outdoor space um okay. so yeah so i think no no specific outbuilding but just better utilization of the existing one
1: any perks Like any kind of stuff
0: that you like really wanted uh, to sort of incorporate underfloor heating for example oh i've got a i've got a i've yeah i've got a a couple of things like that actually underfloor heating is the Mm -hmm. main one we you know whilst we have all the floors up in the house we definitely want to introduce underfloor heating i think it's a nice luxury to have and um, i mean that's probably one of the things that we don't mind paying a uh, paying a premium for Mm -hmm. i think overall my understanding and you know Correct me if I'm wrong. I think underfloor heating, once it's done, it's probably, is it more efficient than... A lot more efficient. Yeah, so... Because
1: um, what, what happens is that um, it heats up the area equally. Right. Whereas if you have a radiator, obviously it just heats up one one spot and it takes a long time for the heat to travel everywhere because obviously the heat goes up and the cold air goes down. And then you know, obviously when there's enough hot air, then it just it takes up the entire area. So it, it takes a lot longer. And with underfloor heating, what happens is that when you switch off and if you have, for example, tiles... Yeah. They they heat up, but they don't lose the heat that quickly. So like mm-hmm. for another two hours, you'll have a warm floor, even though the underfloor heating is completely switched off. Right. So it is is much more efficient. Um, it's a lot better. You have a lot more space for furniture. Because yeah. like if you have like I don't know ten radiators, imagine how much uh, space exactly. you're actually losing. Yeah. Um, and um, there's, there's you know different different uh, types. You know like uh, electrical or water. Yeah. Um and if you have solar panels, you know, you can connect the electrical uh, underfloor heating to the solar panels so practically you can get like free energy for the Yeah. cuz cuz um in in our experience, you know, we we done that, you know, where a where customer, where customers say, okay, well we have like 10 um panels, we want to replace them and then put like the entire house electric so we, you know, cap cap off the gas completely. And it makes sense cuz like, you know, um mm-hmm. you, c- you can literally use your own energy and and you pay a lot less and yes. then
0: yeah
1: uh, i don't remember how it works exactly whether you can use some of it and, and what you don't use i think you resell it to the government yeah uh, i think that that's how it works in spain i think it's the opposite. in spain you have to sell it all to the government and then they v- they resell you at a higher rate right which is ridiculous <laughs> someone told me i was like that can't be true
0: yeah it's,
1: it's insane, that's, right? That's crazy. So you, yeah. you generate something, and then you have to sell it, and then they resell it at a higher price. <laughs> Makes no sense. Yeah, that's pain for you. What can you do?
0: <laughs> but
1: uh, yeah, the okay, so yeah, other I was
0: gonna say, yeah, I think you're you're right. you the point you mentioned about underfloor heating, it it taking up less space. I think that is actually one of the the main considerations. Actually, when we were talking about getting it in, our hallway for example is very narrow mm. and with the existing radiator it, I think well, if that's gone it'll just feel it'll help the, f- the space feel bigger and obviously mm-hmm. that will go across uh, you know that'll apply throughout the home but especially some of the smaller areas we have not having a, a radiator would be will be great um, but I think with the underfloor heating we're just we're keeping that to, to the ground floor uh, I think to keep keep down on on, on the costs obviously mm-hmm. uh, upstairs is carpeted anyway uh, with radiators so um so again i'm not sure how under for heating would work with with carpeted areas and if it's if people tend to go for that upstairs or not I'm still investing in that myself yeah so you can you can yeah. still
1: do it with carpets but uh, the carpet has to be a certain type so what they call is tog. so it's it's the thickness of the carpet and, right. and how much air actually lets through um so if you have so most likely, you have a carpet that that's not suitable with underfloor heating, so you'd have to purchase a separate carpet. Yep. No, you can you can, you, you can do it. It's just it's it's quite expensive simply because uh, when you have a joist floor, so you have to lift everything up completely. You have to insulate in, in a special way. You have to introduce um, special panels to make sure that the floor level doesn't raise because yep. obviously you want to keep that. Otherwise, you know you'll have a step step yeah. up in every bedroom, so that that's definitely not what you want. Yes so you can definitely do that or you could potentially put electrical underfloor heating that way you don't need to lift all the floors so you can mm-hmm. literally just stick it on the sub base and then on top of that you can just lay new timber flooring right tires probably not not great for, for bedrooms but timber flooring can be still nice and they, they're compatible with underfloor heating so it's, if it's switched on and you wake up in the morning for example if you put a programmer to start say five o'clock and you wake up six yeah or like half half an hour later You'll wake up and the floors are going to be nice and warm, you know, much better than any carpet. Mm. So th- there's definitely ways how to do it. Uh, it's, uh, I guess, the main thing is budget and how 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 really how bad you want it. Yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is like a project where okay, well the shell is there, you know, you done your loft conversion or sure. extension or something else, but in, inside it's so you know basic that you don't enjoy it yeah you're like oh yeah. You, you feel like you left out
0: yeah exactly that's um, uh, and that's what we're thinking obviously we're introducing the, the whole underfloor heating mm. um, and it and whilst we're on the kind of the topic of heating we're just moving to, to I guess to cooling now yeah. um, we what I didn't mention was we're also considering doing a loft conversion as well and okay my understanding uh, having kind of been visited at like kind of friends with that have loft conversions is it can get quite quite hot upstairs so we would ideally like to introduce, obviously, air conditioning. Um, we we'll put an air conditioning unit in, in the loft at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think doing kind of, kind of some of some, some research. I think you obviously have to have a, a unit outside of the house for, right. for, for the air conditioning. Yep. So if we, I think, introducing uh, an air convent in the in the loft, uh, I think we could we might consider also having uh, air conditioning maybe in the in the extended part of the house as well. Just okay. to utilize that one um is it condenser that you have outside or yes yeah so, so you have a
1: unit outside and then yeah. it's just ba- basically the the gas flows between the internal units and the external units so all the heat is pushed back outside and all the cold air is pushed inside obviously yeah and that's yeah. how it works
0: yeah so those are kind of the two kind of luxuries if you like that we're having mm. in terms of heating and cooling uh but for me kind of my my hobbies is kind of like tech, so I really want to try and introduce some kind of smart tech into the into right. the house. So whilst we've got uh kind of everything up, uh, get some cat cat six wiring put in through mm-hmm. the house to mm-hmm. kind of future proof future proof it. So you know being able to stream uh, audio visual, um, have you know all sorts of uh, other bits and pieces like your Amazon Alexa's kind of wired in, your TVs wired in, um, uh, uh, smart uh, what's it called a uh, thermostat thermostats um, smoke alarms and that kind of stuff right, right. So like connected. all connected to one all to connected one system. to one hub essentially as right, right, uh, right. so you can control it this it's kind of deciding what your hub is going to be is it going to be kind of um, a control Four unit which mm-hmm. is obviously state-of-the-art kind of stuff or yeah. c- you can do something a bit more DIY like choose like Amazon's Alexa or Google's assistance and run mm. everything off there mm. but essentially have everything wired in so we c- have good Wi-Fi signal across the, the house as well, uh, cause that's gonna be something an issue we might have to contend with once we have an extended property and obviously mm-hmm. going up to the loft as well will mean that, that that Wi-Fi is gonna drop and that's obviously something very important these days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a
1: there's an easy way how to uh, amplify the the signal. So yeah. literally, I, th- I think there's like, a even on Amazon, you can buy them. I don't remember what's to make, but it's like 150 pounds, I believe you get um, either it's 150 pounds each or 150 pounds for free. It's essentially yeah. just amplifiers so you can stick yeah. them on every floor. Yes. And you know they work perfectly between them, you know, so yeah. um you have you have you will have uh, no issues ever yeah. with these kind of amplifiers. the amplifiers that you stick in the socket, they tend to not work really well. Right. So there's like they're, they're cheap like 20 30 quid so you yeah. you could like even BT BT have them. And they say, ah, oh, this amplifies the signal." From our experience, that doesn't really do much. Yeah. But the one that's hardwired with, uh, you know, Cat 6 cables and everything else, and 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 if they're interlinked and they then they have a direct connection to the router, then it works really well. Yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. But yeah. anyway, you got to take out why I'm telling you advice. So, like, <laughs> you should tell me
0: advice. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm still doing my research, but that's 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 kind of, uh, my understanding is that if you want to future-proof your house, put Cat6 wiring in everywhere yeah, and you'll be fine. It. So uh, that's Definitely. that's something I'm going to go for. And there's
1: barely any difference in cost with the wiring, isn't there? It's like if a uh, uh, like Cat5 uh, or 5e, it's the same. It's pro- the same, yeah, yeah, pretty
0: much. yeah, yeah. I think that, I think that the take-home messages that I've read on, on Numerous blogs and websites. It's just wire up once you want, when you've got the builders in, and you'll be fine moving forward. So yeah. that's the intention. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess we also, in terms of lighting, we want some smart lighting. So I'm looking at Lutron lighting systems, which nice. allow you to yeah kind of voice control and th- and control your lights from your app. And okay. so uh, looking looking at that. So these are small luxuries. I'm trying to well, mm. I, I call them small. I haven't investigated <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, the prices on these, but uh, that's the you know these this kind of some blue sky thinking along with. Um, terms of sound like sonos sound speakers in the ceilings, wow. and the extension and
1: yeah, it'd be like. very
0: yeah and then some of the more kind of uh, domestic of things like uh you know s- smart thermostats as well and like, like said, hive, s- and stuff, hive and stuff yeah. google nest and s- you know smoke alarms etc cctv for security mm-hmm. ring doorbells that that kind okay. of thing and basically all get it all to talk to each other and communicate yeah. and uh
1: Sounds like expensive wiring and <laughs> electrical yeah, works. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So well. I don't think your wife's going to approve. She'll be like, well no, we're buying a, 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 a
0: an expensive kitchen instead. Sorry, Vijay. That is exactly the discussion we're having, Adam. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not surprised <laughs> at yeah. all. I'm not surprised. and I think the kitchen's going to win, unfortunately. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, we always lose. Yeah. There's, 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 there's
1: nothing we can do, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. So that in fact that's that's her luxury. So she wants uh, a quality kitchen. So. Um, Weird, weird. it just
1: gives you that look you know it yeah. just gives you like you know if you have a, a really good kitchen good like worktop and just like you know when people walk in and you just feel that yeah
0: you know. and i think the things i'm kind of talking about can be added on in the future anyway so once as yeah as long
1: as you at least have the first fixed wiring and then you can exactly. always like add bit by bit
0: yeah that's how that's what i tell myself when i go to bed at night anyway <laughs> <certainly>. <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: well, better that than nothing at all right yep exactly what about like um, are you apart from that are you planning to have any kind of like a man cave of some sort or maybe like a big tv especially for you like uh, watching sports or
0: something uh, yeah um, so uh, unfortunately we don't have the space for a dedicated man cave but um, I think as part of the extension uh, um, so the, the kind of half of the the four meter extension will be the kitchen but the other half will be a, a, an informal living space and that's kind of so I'm going to try and make into uh, what we call the man cave, if you like, a big kind of TV on the wall with right. the with the Sonos kind of sound bar and speakers right. in the ceiling and okay. everything that that goes with it. So um, that's that's kind of what I'm planning there. And that's like
1: for the family, it's not for you only, so your wife can't really object to that,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. That's that's, <laughs> all, that's what I say. <laughs> Very crafty. Well done. Yeah. Well
1: done. It's good. All right. And uh, what about the rest of the house? Any, anything else that you plan to? introduced to it. Uh, what about the loft conversion you have mentioned? What, what yeah. are you planning to do with that? Is that going to be another bedroom with an ensuite or something different?
0: Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty much it. So most, most of the, the houses on our street have done that already so we have a fairly good idea of what the space can look like and okay. you're right it's going to be kind of most likely going to be kind of the master bedroom with an ensuite. Um, so we do want to, we, we currently have um, kind of three and a half bedrooms. Only two of the bedrooms are, are of a decent size where mm-hmm. you can comfortably fit in, fit in a double bed. Um, so if we do expand as a family we'll probably want um, one one extra good sized room mm-hmm. um, and I think as part of the loft conversion we will also lose one of our rooms for where the stairs will wrap around we have kind of a box room which will I think essentially become an open either open study or, or just an open space essentially mm-hmm. where the stairs will go so we're keen to when we kind of lose that room to introduce it introduce an alternative big much bigger room of course up up into the loft um, to give us that that that. That little bit of extra space that we that we need.
1: Hmm. Okay, sounds wonderful. Yeah, sounds like a big project.
0: It's a it's a huge project. Yeah, so um, it
1: must be exciting and scary at the same time.
0: It is. Yeah, I think. Um, I guess we you know we, we're we're keeping on top of it and not getting too overwhelmed because I mean we we started planning this, believe it or not, and we su- we still haven't even started it, but we've been planning it for. I think almost six to six to eight months now, but thinking things through, um, kind of step by step and in mm. detail, so when we actually press go, um, we don't feel the pressure. Mm. Yeah.
1: That's. Th- I mean, you know, most people uh, plan even longer than that, so I, th- I yeah. think you've done well to get to this point where you you know exactly what you want, yeah. pretty much, right? Yeah. So you know what you're gonna have and where you're gonna have it. So. I think you have a great idea, and and now probably is the best time to budget for everything and just see how how far it's going to stretch, whether you can afford all those things. And if you can't afford, you have to obviously prioritize and see what's the best thing that you'll get the most uh, benefit out out of now rather than later, you know?
0: Yeah, or what what has to be done now versus what can be done later. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, In terms of um, glazing, obviously we we, we touched on the subject briefly. Mm. Um, So is that the idea just to have large bifolding doors that completely slide to one side so that you can have that open space completely with the kitchen is that is that basically the idea
0: that's that's the idea and i guess we're we're just um we're in discussions my wife and i about whether there should be kind of bifolding doors or sliding doors right and, uh, i guess the consideration is that with the, obviously with the with the bifolding doors uh you can have kind of numerous doors obviously going across mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which are which then kind of divide up the uh, the glazing with with the, with the borders for each door mm-hmm. whereas with the sliding door you can have kind of one big piece of glass or two or three big pieces of glass mm-hmm. where you can, it's kind of a bit more seamless if you like when you're looking yeah. out into the garden so we're just working that out as well as kind of seeing what um, the, the kind of the security security features are of each system so I think bifold doors from the the little bit of research I've done seem to be a bit more kind of secure um, in terms of their mechanisms and Mm -hmm. because of the way they're designed they're kind of of probably harder to to, to break into we've had a few burglaries in the area kind of recently so it's kind of something that's on on the top of our minds so we're just seeing i think from a visual perspective we would love to go with sliding doors it might just be that we go with bifold if if they are the secure system but that's i mean
1: nowadays the way they build and you can get like secure i I think it's actually by standard so it will be security glass and you can get a laminator you can get it like yeah um so it'll be very secure so like you can't even break it with a brick so you'll have to do better than that Mm. um the only consideration i would um say that you need to sort of think about is uh, sliding doors they're great um, but they may be more expensive than the bifolding doors simply because of the the, 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 the glass width and as yes. you said you know you want it like seamless you know the uh, um, probably like uh, thin thin panels right that's thin, right thin yeah uh, profiles yeah and uh, they look very nice and everything else but yeah they they, they they cost a ton of money unfortunately even if you go out to tender to like 10 companies there, there'll be very very little uh, di- well, maybe not very little difference. Obviously, you know the the, the price range sure. go up and down. Um, but yeah, in general, they're m- much more expensive. You know, from our experience, like there was a, uh, um, I think it was about twenty square meters, and it was like forty thousand for oh. for that. Yeah. So, so that that's yep. a lot of money for a bit of glazing, and that was manual. That, that wasn't even automatic. Right. There okay. Massive panels like three by three or three. Yeah. I think yeah. it was three by three. So the massive panels, they're quite heavy. Yes. And they're not even uh, electric, and they cost forty grand. So. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You have to so, have yeah. a, a massive budget for that kind of yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. I mean, there's lots of decisions like these that we're going to have to make, obviously when we're doing such a such a big uh, such a big project. So
1: Are you planning to do it all at the same time?
0: That is what we would ideally like. As as much as we love having our builders in, <laughs> uh, we would obviously like to get kind of all the disruption out of the way in one go. I think it's obviously more cost effective and efficient, efficient obviously yep. as well. So, if we can, we will definitely do that. If we can't, and keep me straight if I'm wrong, but I think what we'll what we'll attempt to do is. The ground floor extension first and we can do the loft in the future and my understanding is with the loft i think a lot of it can be done from outside the house Most of so it we is. won't be uh, kind of disrupted too yeah. much when we come to do it in the future yeah,
1: that, that's that's the beauty of a loft so literally yeah. you know if typic- uh, typically typically it, it takes about 10 weeks to to build a loft from start to finish mm-hmm. and about eight weeks of that it's all externally so you, they don't Kay. go in uh, you know unless they just need to run some wires but it's, it's very little disruption obviously yeah. the last two weeks that that's when they get in they need to install the staircase and make good and run everything they need to run extend the gas pipes if well probably you don't need to extend the gas pipes into the bedroom anyway mm-hmm. so it's just literally water electricity yeah. um obviously aircon has to be connected if in your case that would yes. be the case um in terms of aircon i'm not entirely sure is there like a planning permission that you need to do if it's like a semi-detached or a terraced house yeah
0: it's something i'll need to need to investigate as well i'm not sure because actually um our house, like you say, is semi-detached, but the 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 side of the house that isn't attached, um, there's very little space between the two houses, okay. so we don't have any space on either side of the house to install the the out the external unit mm-hmm. for the air conditioning. So we need to figure out what our options will be for mm-hmm. for accommodating that unit. We obviously yeah. don't want it on the front of the house; so it will kind of ruin the curb appeal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the only real option I can see is on the rear. Um, mm. But we don't know don't know where that you could possibly. know I'm sit. actually
1: thinking maybe on the dormer, on the loft itself. Right. Okay. So obviously because you you want the um, the unit, the internal unit to be in the loft, and then maybe another one in one of the bedrooms downstairs. Yeah. That would be a perfect position. The only question is whether they're going to uh, allow that, because they allow uh, installing the solar panels and things. So I don't see any yeah. any reason why they would say okay, well, an, an aircon, you know, can't be there yeah the the main thing is just the noise so obviously they they are noisy and that's the main concern and that's why uh, some in some boroughs uh, the councils want a planning application to be put through and then they consider it and then they allow or they don't allow it
0: right
1: and obviously they look at the obviously yours is going to be small because it'll be just servicing two rooms so it's not that you know it's yeah and especially if it's on the roof no one's going to hear it anyway
0: Yes, I mean we live next to an airport, so I'd be surprised if ah, uh, well, if the council have the cheek to complain. Either, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, they they may they,
1: they like <laughs> to poke their nose on other people's business yeah. a lot, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, sort of more personal question, I guess. Like, how how do you plan to fund the project? Is it is it easy to sort of just go to the bank nowadays? Did you like uh, investigate that kind of option?
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's what we've done, and I guess one of one of the p- one of the positives if you like of covid-19 is that um interest rates have fallen um okay. at the bank and we've been able to um kind of to to remortgage our house the the work we had done previously um meant that the the, the value of our house w- increased as well obviously over with time but obviously when when we had mm-hmm. the valuation done as part of the remortgage you know the assessor could see that you know the mm-hmm. house is 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 different to what it was when we first yeah. b- first bought it so we could we were able to get a good loan to value as such and release Wonderful. some some equity. Right. Was
1: um, that like a 70% s- s- loan to value or
0: Yeah, 70 yeah, 70 75% loan. 75, okay. yeah. 75 yep.
1: is better than usual then.
0: I yeah. think it's 70 normally. Yeah. Right. So um so yeah, so we've we've uh, been able to kind of we'll certainly be able to fund the majority of the, the works through that and I think if right. we we want to go ahead with the, the loft and the luxuries I've talked about we will need mm. to kind of what well, we've started to save which is to see exactly you know yeah. how much everything's going to cost and do, the, do that in detail budgeting and work yeah. out what we're going to do
1: so in terms of finances would you say that your previous project sort of um uh, paid for itself, kind of thing. Like, did, does it look like that? Does, like it over over time and uh, and with uh, you know property increase and everything else.
0: I think the previous project could have paid for itself. I think. <laughs> right. um, I think if, what. If, if not for the. Uh, it, it's for the. It's because of some of the. The, uh, I guess some of the small luxuries that we introduced, the right. things that weren't necessar- necessary. We went for, for example, a kind of a quite a high spec bathroom and you wouldn't mm-hmm. obviously get that, that money back when selling the house. So some small things, mm. small things like that. I think if you would, I think it certainly, I mean, it, it almost, let's put it this way, it, it's paid for itself. It hasn't added necessarily value to our property because we've done it to our taste and to our kind of standard, which you wouldn't get back if obviously you're trying to, 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 to sell the home, for example. Right. That right. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah.
1: OK, but st- still it's good. So it's good that the banks are helping now. as yeah, well. like yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's, it, it, it's funny with we're going to talk about COVID-19 in a minute, but uh, it's funny how they give you a, a whole day pay for a mortgage. I, I mean, I, I know banks are not, uh, you know, they're not supposed to give you, uh, you know, free uh, favors and all that. But it's just funny when they say and like a, a lot of people struggle, obviously, you know, probably 80% of the country struggles with their bills. And they say, okay, well, we're going to give you free three months uh, holiday pay, uh, you know, from your mortgage.
0: But how, how's that going to actually help? It's not. It's just pushing the problem what, what out, hap- isn't it? What yeah. happens
1: in three months? And <laughs> yeah. actually, I, I heard a, a gentleman from America. Um, he was complaining about that a lot, and, and he was saying, and he had a great idea. But it's it's obviously for the bank. The, the banks are going to kind of lose out a little bit. So what he says is like, okay, we'll take these three months, and instead of asking for the same payment in three months, put it on the end of the mortgage. So you basically just extend the, mo- the mortgage the period by three months. Ah, so okay. instead of like 25 years, it'd be 25 mo- uh, 25 years and three months. Right. So that way the, the, the people don't have to pay and the banks, uh, you know, it's still a business. Banks are businesses, you know, they're yes. not even though everyone sort of hates them and like think that, you know, everyone's like rich who works in the banking industry. That's not the case. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, the bosses, the CEOs and everyone else. Yeah. But uh, it's it's still crazy that, that how things are, and obviously banks dictate to the government what they can and cannot do, and they basically say, well, okay, well if you don't like, we're gonna you know we're gonna move our bank. There, there was That's like it. so many conversations yeah. they have, like HSBC done that. I think it was the Royal Bank of Scotland maybe done that. I'm not entirely mm. sure. But it's just um, you know, you, know you, c- you can see real help when it comes your way. Yeah. Like for example, for businesses, I don't know if, if, how much you know about that, but it was. Um, um, Business interruption scheme, something like that.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: The, you know, companies that were struggling with, uh, you know, the consequence of having, you know, to deal with COVID-19, uh, you know, with their business and everything else, where you know the money stopped coming in, they mm-hmm. are, are unable to continue. The clients are canceling their contracts and all that kind of stuff. So the government actually came out and they they offered real help. You know, they said, listen, we're going to give you the money. You don't have to right, re- repay even like in, a, in in 12 months, so you can have 12 months for free nothing at all the interest is reasonable and uh you'll have like six years to pay off and now they extend it to 10 years because they know people are struggling so bad you know and obviously they understand the consequence so if they're gonna just sit there and do nothing the businesses are gonna uh, go out of business right people are gonna become jobless unemployed that's gonna go up and up and up so they by default they're gonna start losing even more so I'm happy the way they approach the situation. You know, obviously everyone's always like, "Oh, Boris Johnson, what does he know?" and all that kind of stuff. People always have opinions. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the government's doing what they can. Absolutely. You know, you, you can't yeah. do everything hundred there's, percent. There's things, there's, there's people involved, and that's another thing. In p- I don't think people actually understand how many people involved in decisions. It's not yep. Boris Johnson, you know, of uh, yeah. clicking buttons. You know, yeah. there's like armies of advisors can you can you imagine the teams he has you yeah know? yeah A- and yeah. it's experts it's people who you know they've been in the field for 20 years or, or whatever yeah. you know so they give uh good advice and then when boris johnson's uh, make the announcement he's literally just the face you know
0: exactly yeah
1: people get upset it's like well what what op- okay so what's the alternative when you ask someone like w- when they complain and they're like well what's the alternative to um, to Boris Johnson's proposal, and they can't really say anything. Well, oh well, I don't know, but like mm. I, th- this plan, this plan sucks.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: it's it's, it's kind of
0: silly. I think. Yeah, there's always difficult decisions to be made, aren't there? So yeah, um, yeah. as long but, as they're kind of th- data-driven, it's fine. So yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think the government definitely helps as much as they can. Yeah, of course, you know, they can help more, and they can just hand out, uh, you know, more money to everyone. But I don't know if that's actually a long-term solution. Mm. And as you know, people are, you know, when they have. When they have money that they don't particularly need, they're going to just spend on things they don't they don't need either. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's kind of like you know, speaking about COVID nineteen. So how did the pandemic affect your life um, and overall standard of living?
0: Yeah, so I guess the the p- pandemic for 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 me and uh, and I guess for my wife as well, um, it, it hasn't had had. We, we've very much been blessed and not been too too impacted by by the virus itself. I mean, from a health perspective, we've we've not attracted the virus and we've not been in touch with anyone that has so and, and and our families have been okay uh, but for, i guess from a lifestyle perspective um we're, we're no longer working from from the offices we were based in in london mm-hmm. um so we're very much kind of utilizing and enjoying our home for a lot more for for the first time especially like our garden you know mm. you never knew how precious outdoor space was for example so um so i think um yeah it was difficult to begin with um you know kind of not being able to see other people and uh working from the same place you live in (laughs) and do everything but i think having kind of adjusted building routine and obviously building kind of repurposing some of the rooms that i house for for working Mm. um we've kind of got used to that and it's kind of helped us um think about what we want in the future as well given the fact that you know lots of businesses like the ones that we work for are going to be moving to a more home-based approach and a lot of Kind of living and working is going to now be done from home in the future. Mm. We're kind of thinking about how to utilize certain parts of the house, mm. where to direct um, kind of investments in the house. So, like I said, the garden is, is particularly important to us now. Mm. We never knew it was so important to us before. It's like yep. almost a kind of slightly neg- neglected part of our, of our home. Um, so we, you know, we we really see uh, the value in that. And and like I said, we're we're kind of probably potentially thinking of converting the garage into an office space and much more user dedicated space for mm. for working from yeah. um so yeah so yeah overall it's 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 um it's it's had, had I guess it had an impact obviously like it has for everyone socially but um we've been been very lucky and, and not been impacted and been able to continue to work throughout so
1: mm. i think it's a a bit of a humbling ex- experience as well as, especially when you know you understand how much you actually have yeah uh, yeah uh, absolutely you know, um, a lot of people like for example spain was pretty pre- like um, rough and like tough with their population yeah. they say okay no one cu- like comes out at all unless I think it was like once once a day or once a week to the supermarket and back right. So I have like friends in Spain they, they live in the flat so they couldn't get out of the flat for three months yeah like with couple of kids
0: sure so like yeah. you said
1: you know the the gardens that you know some people well most people probably don't even look after all of a sudden became such a massive asset it's as like everyone's wow I'm so happy that I have an asset yes and yeah. I don't know, friends here they, they, they've, they've been saying the same thing you know they, they work from home and they have a garden and they're like oh we're so blessed to actually have that and, and it's funny because you know you don't appreciate it until you actually really really need it
0: yeah you're, you're absolutely right and I guess even appreciating the existing space that we have you know um being able to have a a couple of rooms, a decent sized living room, dining room, we can, you know, we can (laughs) kind of spread out in the house. It's, it's, it's really good. And obviously we've, we've got um, an extension on the horizons as well. So we're lucky to have the the space to be able to expand that, the current home we live in. So, uh, yeah, very much feeling quite, quite humbled and blessed. Hmm, yeah.
1: definitely. Have you managed to convert any of the existing rooms right now into like office spaces?
0: Uh, it's all temporary. We no. have. We're, we're utilising uh, some of our garden furniture actually. Right. So the, yeah, the garden works, right? garden <laughs> table is my <laughs> office desk, and uh, Amazon uh, office chair off Amazon, and you know bits and pieces kind of sh- thrown together. We've created uh, a, a, a second office space, which okay. is which is working well. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Um. So obviously, I wanted to ask you what you were. What, what you felt that you were missing, but I guess that, you know, having maybe an office space would be number one. Right yes,
0: now. I think it, we do currently have an office space actually. It's one of the smaller box rooms, but like I said, yeah. kind of previously, we, we expect that to be taken away when mm-hmm. we do the loft conversion, yeah. or it will become a second kind of open study. Um, so we do, with, with my wife and I both working from home, we almost need two offices <laughs> kind of moving forward in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, either having, a flexible space where we can have um, kind of more of an informal office and one kind of dedicated office would be good. We obviously don't want to turn our, our lovely <laughs> home into a, into an office and yeah. make it all about work, but equally yeah. we do need the, the space to be able to, um, to, to, to to cut out any distractions as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. How do you feel about the second lockdown possibly on the horizon?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think obviously we as a country seem to be a b- b- bit much more w- well much, much better prepared this time with, uh, with, with the testing and some of mm. the, uh, the the new kind of medication out there mm-hmm. to combat the disease. Uh, personally speaking, um, I don't think it's really gonna impact me now. I'm so kind of acclimatized to the way we've been living since March. Mm. Um, I, my wife and I personally haven't been out too much since the, the lockdown restrictions eased. Um, I guess the only um, Kind of thing we're not looking forward to is the winter and lockdown, so not really being able to utilize the good weather and be out in the garden or go for walks as mm. as much, or it not being as nice to do so. So that's probably the one thing: the the sh- the, the shorter days and the the bad weather yeah. and being at home.
1: You can probably put the uh, gas lamps, you know, like uh, uh you just put around the table and switch that on. You put a gas canister, and that's
0: it. It's on the list of things we're oh, really. Like. Yep. Really. Oh, <laughs> but you, you know the, you that you list is pretty big. Everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Cool. All right. Well, that that's COVID nineteen done. So, um, last couple of uh, things I wanted to uh, ask you was uh, just general advice. What advice would you give to someone wanting to pursue a similar project? Like, what what kind of what kind of things they they, they they need to prioritize and wh- what they need to think about before they sort of, you know, take the plunge? Uh,
0: yeah, I guess it's it really all comes down to, to planning and budgeting, really, for me. Mm. So um, I think it's it's it's. The way I see it is, a, you almost kind of write down a, a wish list of everything you want. You, you put it into an order, mm-hmm. work out how much it's gonna it's it's gonna cost, and see kind of how that aligns with your budget. But I think you you have to kind of think in detail. It's very easy to think about kind of the bigger things. A kitchen will cost you know X amount, or mm. underfloor heating will cost this, or you know. Whatever. But you we can forget about some of the small things that will begin to add up. So. Thinking like things like curtains and blinds once the builders are out you're still going to need all those things and quickly you'll see that those things begin to add up into into a small fortune as well so really doing kind of thorough end-to-end planning not just what the builders are going to do but how you're going to finish the home as well Mm -hmm. with the essentials that you will need to you know to live in there's obviously some things that can wait um so so i think it's it's never too early to start i think and that's what we what we learn um and kind of doing doing a lot of research getting you know numerous quotes on different things all the way from you know your builder through to um, kitchens or through to smaller things like sofas and etc mm-hmm. as well you know just doing having that time to do that research so you don't feel under pressure um kind of when you're w- w- you know when when the builders are ready to come in
1: yeah no, that um, makes sense
0: yeah I, I guess also thinking about some of the smaller finishes as well i think you know i think the last time um you guys were in for example we'd forgotten to think about kind of what door handles we wanted Mm. and you know we get a call and you know we're ready to put the door handles on which ones do you want and we go and decide in half an hour and of course it's not going to be the best decision you make but um just i think just 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 get into the detail is what i would say when it's especially when it's your own home yeah yeah um other considerations i guess um I guess it's more of a learning uh, it was it was around water pressure um check kind of what water pressure you have and how your water I- how mm-hmm. your water is supplied to your house because we were very lucky that um we we kind of found out that at the uh, the pipe supplying our house was a, kind of one of the very old pipes and mm-hmm. kind of halfway through the project when we were in we 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 managed to get someone to replace the uh the 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 the, s- the small thin lead pipe into mm-hmm. a wide yeah, yeah. blue pipe and all of a sudden we had much better water pressure but yeah. i think those kind of, I think you really need to kind of think about what other things you could do whilst the builders are in to, to kind of minimise disruption in the future. Because mm-hmm. if we hadn't thought of that, we had to do it now. We would be having to dig up our lovely new driveway and the yeah. flooring if it was something obviously important to us to get yeah. that kind of thing done. So really try and do do a lot of blue sky thinking and um and uh, and get get the right things done at the right time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, We've been really impressed with our architect. He's been, ha- you know, helping us design. So I think that that's quite good. Finding someone you can work with, especially a good architect to design your home, is going to be just as important as the builder that kind of executes the work for you as well.
1: Okay. Do you do you rem- what's your architect's
0: name? Uh, it's a company called V Design. Uh, they're based locally, and I think that's actually a, an important thing for for your architect to be. Based locally, so they understand the local planning planning legislations. Mm -hmm. They've obviously done a lot of work, and they know. Because our our property had a couple of nuances, um, which um, maybe an architect um, not familiar with the local planning laws or had kind of uh, tricky, I guess, applications to make might not be able to make the application in the right way. Having experience with the local authority. Meant that we knew exactly how to 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 submit our plans in in what order. We didn't just submit one big plan altogether, We did it in stages because okay. we knew that we would this way round get it approved. Mm. But if we took a followed a follow different strategy with this particular council, we wouldn't get it approved. So.
1: Sounds, sounds like the architect knew exactly what he was doing, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. uh, it's good when you
1: come across the, that kind of people.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was really that was really helpful. Um, and the only other thing was that w- we've been doing is um, kind of viewing other properties on the market that have already done this kind of extension, just mm-hmm. to see what it will feel like. Take any other tips, you it's know, that they've learned as it's well. Idea, so right? uh, yeah, so yeah my wife is scared that we're going to end up buying a buying another house instead of doing the extension. Uh, really? <laughs> Why? We but might move we'll instead of doing the work. Right, see. right. So, sense, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Because, like, you just find a house that's already if finished and that's it. It's exactly. you just more and job yeah. done, right?
0: But... To to be honest when we sit back and talk about it it's it's actually great that we can do this ourselves you can really make it your own and have it completely bespoke you're never going to find something that's 100 percent right for you on the market mm-hmm. so yeah, um, yeah. you'll
1: still have to you'll you'll pro- and that's yeah. the thing you'll, you move in you think okay i love this house and then after a while you'll be like well actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I like yeah. that i like that and then let's change that and all of a sudden you're like in the middle of uh, uh, a ma- major works yet again you know yeah, exactly yeah yeah <laughs> yeah crazy stuff um any advice uh, about how to handle money side of things again I guess a lot of planning a lot of thinking through maybe stage payments or
0: yeah I think that's that. that's really what it comes down to that, that detailed kind of end to end planning um, having we have for example I think it's, it's almost kind of touching I've got a hundred lines of items that we want to you know plan for and have a kind of a budget for each one or a price for each one we know what the total is we know if that total matches the borrowing that we've got from the bank or not um but obviously with 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 building works you're gonna things you you will have an opportunity to improve things you might get suggestions through the way we might find unexpected things when you know when the builders are in they're digging things up you know the uh, the drain might be in the wrong place might need moving Mm. things like that that no one could really uh, you know have known at the start of the work, yeah. so I think it's important that you that you uh, that you plan a, a some form of contingency to allow to allow for that. So um, yeah. that's um, that's obviously something that we'll be doing, and obviously based on our experience from before, we we, we had options to to improve things like uh, we I think we changed some some of our internal doors at the time when we had you guys in some small things like that, which will um, which will add up as mm. you kind of go along. So yeah,
1: yeah. And in terms of contingency, like the market um, sort of standard uh, advice is, is is to sort of keep like 10 percent yeah. available. Uh, it, it's not that you're gonna use it for sure, but having that money sort of you know takes the stress away. Because imagine you're in the middle of a project, something comes up, and you just simply haven't got the money. Right. And then you have to sort of scramble, run around banks, uh, take a loan on a terrible rate, yeah. or borrow yeah. money from someone else. So. You sort of digging yourself a hole that you don't want to be in. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. Exactly. Um, I, so yep. I definitely agree with you when you say you know really plan, think about it, don't, and don't fool yourself as well. You know. Yeah. So like if if you know the the items that you want are say two hundred grand and you think you're gonna do what for one fifty, it, it's it's literally you know you you yep. you're sort of uh, you creating a dispute without even starting. Yeah. It? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people sort of you know. I understand why you know everyone just wants you know the the best they can achieve and value for money and everything else. But I think it's it's important to be realistic, yeah, and 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 plan and and see you know the figures you know the. the it's like a saying you know math doesn't lie you know if the figures show this this is what's going to happen at least yeah or and, and that's like best case scenario and then the worst case scenario you know add another 10, ten, ten percent maybe 15 yeah yeah you know, yeah right
0: yeah. yeah exactly i guess not doing this can really put a strain on you know your relationships both personally with your contractor mm-hmm. as well yeah. then you might end up having to make kind of some some cuts cutbacks and you're yeah. going to end up with something you didn't want <laughs> or not properly anyway that's in it. the first place so yeah,
1: yeah. and uh, while we're on that subject uh, disputes like what, what would you ad- advise? Would you advise always to, you know, do whatever it takes to compromise and try to find uh, middle ground, even if, for example, contract is not reasonable, or would you would you just say, you know, if, if someone's not right, just go hot and heavy, you know, lawyer up kind of thing, and, 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 and try to you know, get the result then.
0: Yeah, um no, I I think it's always good to tr- good to try and find a compromise. And in fact, I can think of an example. It, I wouldn't really call it a dispute that we had. I think it was probably just a bit more of a miscommunication. And mm-hmm. if you remember, we had we had uh, we had, we what we thought we had done is asked for our, some of our all our sockets in our house to be placed uh, at a certain height above the right. skirting board. Mm-hmm. And I think there is obviously new building regulations which mean they have to be put placed a bit higher and we weren't sure if they applied to us or not and uh, I think you know you guys had already started doing pretty much half the house already for us Um, and we found that we could in fact have them a bit lower um, so I guess what you can call a dispute it wasn't mm-hmm. really a dispute yeah. was um, trying to just get them all moved and right. obviously you know you got invested time and effort in, in placing you know, all the sockets around the first floor of the house yeah. in a certain place but it was great that we could have a conversation about it mm-hmm. agree kind of you know w- you know where you know, what, you know what what the issue was and come to a compromise of you know of, of what we should pay to have um, to have the kind of that, that rectified. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that, that that's that's the most important thing: being able to communicate and not to go in heavy-handed. Try you should just try and have a conversation, resolve it. And I think if both parties are are willing to find um to find a resolution, it will happen.
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. To be honest, yeah. you know, um, all the legal disputes uh, that companies are involved, they they're, they're rarely beneficial for anyone mm. because uh, at the end of the day, you're going to spend a lot of money, you're going to spend a, a lot of your time. You're gonna invest emo- like invest yourself emotionally, and uh yeah, I don't think it's like it's a good way. I think it's sometimes it's it's just better to always um, look at the big picture, and uh, yeah, even if you're losing out a little bit and it's not the end of the world, I think it's still uh, obviously it, it's it's a learning curve. You know, people who haven't had the experience, uh, they would think, oh well, it's better just to go to court and and decide it there. But they don't think that uh, you know, people in courts they're not particularly not, not in courts, but like solicitors, for example, you know, they're, they're, they're getting paid by an hour. So yeah. if they if if they, if they can delay it for 40 hours, they will. Sure. And then they're going to give you the bill and it'll be 200 pounds an hour and then you'll pay 8 grand plus plus 380, 9,600. Thank you very much. And then the dispute was what, 5 grand.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so yeah. Th-
1: you know, these kind of things, because obviously people don't know, yeah. they don't know what kind of uh, fees are involved and things like that. You know, you can go to small claims court and it's very, very cheap. Yeah. But again, to actually get a decision in your favor, you have, you have to be very knowledgeable, or you have to have a person who actually cares and helps you. Yep. Like for example, if you just go to a regular solicitor and they'll say, "Oh, like we need to, we, we need this resolved," they sure. will never resolve it. Yeah. Like you'll be so lucky if any any solicitor would be like, "Okay, listen, I'm your man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort you out." You know. Yeah. Uh, most of the times, uh, with with um, sort of our experience, even you know, um, it's it. It, you have to, you have to be, you have to be extremely lucky to find people just like that, you know, who will help you and who will invest uh, mm. themselves, you know, into these disputes and and, and try to resolve it for the, uh, right. you know, as little money as possible. Yeah. It's normally the opposite. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I think it's always a, a matter of just sitting down, after cooling off a bit, sitting yeah. down and just talking. Yeah, not, not maybe not not even arguing about those items, just talking. You know, like exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I, you know, we're obviously talking about undertaking a, a much bigger project than we did previously. And I, you know, as great, you know, as we'll try and communicate the best as we can, but I fully expect there to be a few issues along the way, which yeah. is no one's fault. It's just such a big project. There are yeah. small things that we wouldn't have thought about, or some things that would just come naturally to the contractor versus us. We might think, think of things differently. So I fully expect there to be some. some issues that we'll need to deal with along the way, but I'm confident about it, if, as long as I select a contractor that I communicate with and that I respect and know that it's res- kind of respects us and that mm-hmm. no one's out to try and, you know, to, to get each other if you yeah, like or, yeah. or screw screw one up, screw each other over, yeah. then I'm confident that everything will, will work out as well. But, you know, nothing's n- such a big project, it's yeah. never going to be straightforward, so yeah, you've got to work with the right person.
1: Yeah. Make, make, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that, yeah absolutely. Um, in terms of the um, current situation in the country and all the the freebies that the government's giving away, kind of thing, <laughs> one one of which is stamp duty. How, how do you feel about that? And so are you are you planning to use that
0: perk right now? Um, I well, yes and no. Um, so uh, my my wife will want me to say no, uh, but mm-hmm. um, I I have been kind of looking, like we kind of alluded to earlier on, at, at other properties that potentially have kind of the work done, which we can kind of what well, either the space that we need or the, the you know in the house in a condition that we would like that we could mm-hmm. move to um and just to take advantage of that kind of stamp duty holiday but kind of r- i know in the back of my mind realistically that it's better for us just to extend our current home and get it in get it into a into a into a into a state that we are we are happy with and you know be kind of personal to us and, you ne- and like i said you're never going to get that when you uh when you when you move home um so uh, i Probably not is the answer to but that w- question. Were yeah. you
1: actually thinking of moving your like uh, residency, or, or, rather than buying like a uh, buy to let or something on the side? Um,
0: moving our moving our residency actually. So yeah. uh, maybe move into a slightly kind of better area. Um, you know, not a million miles away, but just into maybe a slightly slightly better area. What did you have in mind? Um, so we c- we. C- uh, either kind of moving slightly out of London where it's a kind of better quality of life maybe somewhere like St. St. Albans we don't okay. necessarily kind of utilise central London as much as we used to anymore right. so we right. don't need that kind of access old, man. exactly <laughs> and with the whole kind of working from home with through covid 19 we don't need to be as commutable into our offices so mm-hmm. we can actually move out have kind of more space and kind of fresh air if you like as yeah. well so yeah. uh, that was one of the considerations but um and i think that's always going to be a long-term consideration of ours so um but for now um we we i think we'd, we'd still miss london a bit too much to, to, to move so unless there's a, a great deal to be had because of the covid 19 uh uh perks the government are offering, if you like, in terms of the stamp duty, etc. We mm. we would cons- consider it, but highly highly unlikely, I yeah. think. Yeah.
1: Do, do you feel that th- this stamp duty holiday created uh, a, a mini-boom in, in, in London or, well, in the country?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, m- yeah, it certainly did. I mean, I've seen kind of uh, houses coming on the market and going within weeks. They're actually going for over-asking price, kind of where I'm you know in the in the the area i live in at least so uh, i think that's obviously uh it's obviously yeah got the got the market back up to where it wants to be and i guess that was the idea and it kind of feels like we're almost back in kind of 2015 when i bought my house people are you know bidding wars etc and houses not kind of lasting on the market for very long at all so um, it definitely feels like the stamp duty holiday has done the trick to get the housing market back on track
1: yeah I see those signs like literally, like one day they put up for sale, another the, another one they like sold, Yeah, you know, just sold, 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 sold. Yeah, yeah. On my street, I think they they sold seven properties in like four weeks. It's, yeah, which is insane. <laughs> you know, like the the the, <laughs> the estate agents are, are you know are doing well. So that's obviously one of the industries the industries um, that benefited from the stamp duty. Mm. and uh, I think they're quite busy and you know good for them obviously yeah and uh, government is getting something for that as well and everyone sort of uh, you know they they they're trying to boost the economy sure uh, obviously there was a massive shrinkage like for three for three months there was yeah. nothing going on at all yeah um you know you, you'd, you'd think that the government has all the money in the world but they still have limits and they still need to bring stuff in
0: yeah i and mean it was the perfect storm wasn't it with the housing market with brexit on the way the prices were kind of creeping down anyway yep. and then yep. with one after so another. And yeah people <laughs> were
1: worried about brexit now, <laughs> yeah now, now this this thing happens so yeah it's like 20 it was, a, it was a funny meme on the internet so i was like uh january 2020 <laughs> yeah January 2020 uh, February 2020 then March then, then the next month is December because like literally nothing's going on <laughs> the entire year it was just <laughs> completely locked down yeah and uh, yeah we don't know what's going to happen because obviously winter they, they expect that the winter's going to be bad as well
0: yeah exactly. uh, obviously
1: they introduced the uh, vaccines for uh, cold, cold and flu whatever it is Follow yeah. um, people. I, I, I hear that you know they're, they're flying off the shelves, kind of thing. People like book. They just want to do something to you know feel better and maybe yeah. not be susceptible to all the things that happened in the winter without the COVID nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now this thing as well. So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting where we're going with all this. You yeah. know, yeah. It's like because. Yeah. Um, uh, c- until we get the vaccines what are we going to do are we going to just keep locking down the country for for the next 5 years
0: right exactly yeah 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 we'll have to see hopefully the vaccine will be uh, be out soon at least in the next 6 6 months or so yeah. um, so
1: maybe we should make that call to moscow <laughs> speak with Mr Putin Putin give us some <laughs> vaccines you sold it to 27 countries so we can be one of them <laughs> But i guess Boris Johnson's not impressed
0: potentially dodgy yeah (laughs) it's Russia everything
1: can happen right yeah well VG well thanks very much for your time I appreciate your you know you coming out here and speaking with us it it was uh, a lot of fun and obviously I think it was a lot of valuable advice that you've given us so
0: thank you very much thank you very much as well cheers (laughs) thank you